Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. to bed the edge i am jay croucher here with drew Hinsick. enjoy a sunday evening in the second quarter of jacksonville baltimore jags are missing field goals for fun at the moment uh lamar jackson as we speak is marching down the field so i won't be able to comment as much on that game and its repercussions but we can talk about everything else oh, Lamar jackson's just thrown an interception drew it's good news for uh, mr purdy uh, we can talk about everything else, Saturday games, Sunday games. What was your big takeaway from the weekend? How about the Celtics, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> the magic curse uh, is finally broken. The magic curse is broken. The uh, The runway is clear for the Celtics to take off and win a, win a ship. Um, and no, the football went poorly for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have like uh, an all-time meltdown type of weekend, which is why I'm in good spirits right now instead of, you know, like just literally burying my head in the, uh, you know, in, in the pillows and trying to uh, keep it together. Um, sides went poorly for me this week. I think uh, I'm one, two, and one so far on sides, but, and totals on one and one. Um, and the loss on the total was the, probably the most important, like the most infuriating and tilting total loss I've had in a while where um, Colts Steelers is going under Jay. It's going under. They missed the field goal. It's over. It's over. That game is going under. Um, and some, for some reason, even though Gardner Minshew took a knee, um, the absolute, uh, you know, atrocity of a head coach that is Mike Tomlin, uh, decided to call timeout. And, uh, honestly, like I didn't in the moment, I was like trying to rationalize. Why would you do that? Like, what is possibly like, you're hoping you're going to get a fumble, I guess. And that's going to give you a chance to get back in this game. I And then I lost the thread and I was like, no, nah, th- th- this is nonsense. Like I really didn't understand why he called those timeouts. The Jacks kick a field goal. That game gets to 43. That hurt. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, um, it was not an especially good weekend for me. Uh, at least I got to, didn't even really have to sweat uh the um, two of the worst plays I've made all season. Uh, one was the Jets. Uh, the Jets got shut out, Jay. I'm not sure if you saw that. Um, and uh, you know what? Hey, when you lose your starting quarterback to a head injury, like it is what it is, right? Like you, you know, you, you you're at the uh, you're at the um, you're at the tail end of luck sometimes. And if if uh, 
Zach Wilson had played a full four quarters of that game. Maybe they only lose by 26 instead of 30. Who knows? But uh, it was uh, not a competitive football game uh, against the Dolphins, and the uh, Jets were extremely the wrong side. Uh, and uh, add that to the list of wrong sides that I backed, uh, including um, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, Packers. Oh my goodness gracious! I thought the Packers were going to bounce back this week, Jay. What was that? That Packers defensive performance was so horrifically lousy. I am literally struggling to wrap my brain around why I ever thought they could get anything done ever. Um, It's been a bizarre week. Week 15 has been insane. It started with the Las Vegas Raiders scoring 63 points, and it's going to end with, uh, you know, potentially the Jags upsetting the Ravens. So, you know, who knows how this ultimately breaks down, but um, it's been a weird week, and uh, I feel like um, uh, I was... A little too, um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't feel great about the card, so I don't even really know what to make out of these results other than, as you said very, very eloquently, uh, we are uh, <clears throat> headed for a, uh, a Brock Purdy MVP, which is well-deserved. And the sooner people just wrap their brains around it, the better it is for all of us. Yeah, well, yeah, I certainly hope so. And uh, it's going to, if, if Purdy beats Lamar, and then doesn't win MVP, it will be a, uh, a proper disgrace uh, and poor reflection upon your country, frankly, uh, <laughs> because Australians don't vote on this, so this will be entirely on you. Uh, it, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in uh, San Francisco, Baltimore, because that's going to go a long way to deciding everything. Uh, Drew, the week doesn't end with um, with Jacksonville, Baltimore. It might end with True. Marcus Mariota against Drew Locke on Monday Night Football. We'll talk about that game. At the end, we'll talk about uh, the openers as well. But my big takeaway from these past two days of games, and this is it's a very obvious thing to say, uh, but we're just we're so conditioned about how we think about teams based on uh, their opposition, uh, and then there are just light bulb games where a team plays. Uh, significant upgrade or downgrade in competition and then just kind of mentally, visually, it all clicks. Uh, And as soon as Jake Browning started playing against a real defense in Minnesota, started to realize that, yeah, this guy's not a top 10 quarterback. Uh, As soon as uh, the Cowboys went outside against Buffalo playing not even a good defense. Buffalo is so banged up at the moment, but they're a more competent defense than what the Cowboys have been seemingly playing for a couple of months now. And I think more importantly, they're just outdoors. And just the sport is so vastly different in a dome versus outdoors. Think about how Gardner Minshew looked uh, in the dome against the Steelers. Looks like he's just going to march down the field every single time without Michael Pittman, uh, without Jonathan Taylor, without Braden Smith. Didn't matter. He's got TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith in his face every single time. Just in the dome, uh, he looks like Kurt Warner. Compare that to how he looked outdoors against the Bengals, who have a worse defense than the Steelers. Admittedly, the Steelers lost both of their safeties, and that helped Gardner Mitchell a lot. But uh, I think the the team that this applies most to certainly is Dallas, who uh, came into the weekend uh, as the consensus second best team perhaps by margin in the NFC uh, I don't think that is is it all clear uh, anymore after whatever they did uh, against Buffalo I think that 
it's aggressive. It's often aggressive to overreact uh, off of one game, but I think you can pretty much put a line through Dak Prescott to an MVP after that. And we talked about for the past couple of weeks how his case was this uh, this bubble that was floating, fragile, and had all of these pointy things from the ceiling, and <laughs> any one of them was going to pop it. And I, I always thought Dak could withstand one loss, but not like that not getting absolutely embarrassed where he himself... He could have thrown five interceptions today. He had two that were dropped and then one was caught and then there were another two which were could have been caught. Uh, they would have been good plays, but uh, that was my biggest takeaway, I think. Less yeah. so about Buffalo on the positive side and more just Dallas on the negative side looking like uh, the same team that they've been come the playoffs the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, entertaining... Uh, we had a holiday party at my house, so I wasn't watching every single play. Um, but the plays that I did watch, I counted five turnover-worthy plays, and one yeah. of them got caught. <clears throat> um, that's bad. And the overall outcome and people kind of realizing like, hey, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Did we overrate you because you spent three weeks in a row at home playing horrific defenses? Obviously, yes. Obviously. I mean, goodness gracious. Like, the like if you held up two outcomes and you were like, did Dak Prescott make a leap or was it opponent adjusted and, you know, a, a factor of being at home? Like, I, I've, like, there is very, very clear, um, like, breadcrumbs for this and i'm glad i saw those and was not kind of fooled uh i i did not see the breadcrumbs that zach wilson was going to turn back into a pumpkin or that tommy devita was going to turn back into a pumpkin my god the uh the saints as a bet today was like that was low-hanging fruit and i missed it and i'm pissed um but uh yeah there is there was uh there was a, a healthy amount of um uh not um competitive players and teams and units uh, that showed their true colors today. And that's what I'm going to take away the most uh, clearly. And, uh, you know, ultimately Dak Prescott and uh, the Cal- the Cowboys offense, like, are they good enough to still compete for, you know, an NFC East? If the, we'll get to the Eagles who are not, who are not right. No. The, the Eagles just elevated Mike, Matt Patricia, Jay. <laughs> that's that's a cry for help. <laughs> that, that's 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 what I would interpret as a sign of extreme uh, challenge that they're going through. Um, but uh, so the Cowboys could still win the NFC East. They could still get the two seed, in which case I would still expect them to be the opponent for the Niners in the NFC championship game. But uh, boy, oh boy, does it feel like we are light years in terms of separation between what the Niners are doing right now and what the Cowboys are doing. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are done for the division just because of the schedules and the fact that the Eagles are almost certain to have the tie break no matter what. So it's not just that the Eagles have to lose to Seattle, which is is very doable. They could absolutely lose that game, but then they have to lose uh, either a game against Tommy DeVito or Tyrod Taylor. They've got two games against the Giants or they have to lose to a Cardinals team that just cannot stop anything. Uh, and, I, and in addition to that, Dallas would have to win out. And that win out includes winning at Miami, where they're underdogs, and then home to Detroit, who look like a real team again. Uh, and that's the other thing I wanted to touch on. Not so much Detroit, but the other side of that one with the Broncos, who I think, in a way, just from a betting perspective and how we think about individual teams in the NFL, are one of the most interesting teams in the league, just because 
they had such a viciously bad start to the season where they lose 35-33 at home to the Commanders. They lose, obviously, 70-20 to at Miami. And just how much of those losses informed it just kind of hung on in the data and how much we thought about that team versus how much was correctly, incorrectly thrown out. And then also just how much was sustainable about what they were doing on that streak where they won, what they won, six out of seven. Uh, and a lot of that was done with a defense that was uh, really poor in terms of success rate, at least relative to EPA, which always hinted that it was unsustainable. And then you just, again, you look at the opponents. They played uh, in this win streak towards the, well, they played Mahomes on an IV when he wasn't himself. They played Jordan Love, who apparently isn't good again. Uh, they beat Buffalo, but that was a very strange game where there was a fluky pick and bouncing off hands with Josh Allen, and then they should have lost the game at the end, uh, if not for the penalty. Beat Josh Dobbs, who was benched a couple of weeks later, S- Stroud and a banged-up Texans team, uh, and then Eastern Stick. And it's like, all right, well, what what really is this team? And then they come up against the Lions team, who were just built in a lab to exploit Denver, because Denver, all throughout the season, haven't been able, been able to stop the run at all. And then you got the Lions coming in with a fully healthy offensive line again and Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery, and they run for 6.6 yards per carry. And there's just yeah. nothing at all that Denver can do. So uh, happy to finally uh, close the door on Sean Payton, Coach of the Year, uh, which would have gotten a little bit <laughs> sticky uh, had they won that game. And uh, we're looking to close the season 11-6 and six after starting 2-5, and five, but... That is officially done. They can still make the playoffs, but with just seemingly every AFC wildcard contender today winning, uh, it seems like that'll be an uphill battle yeah. as well. All right, anything else to touch on <laughs> on the slate before we go to the openers? I know. I'm really glad you brought the Broncos. I thought that entire monologue was extremely well said. Um, and I honestly think that the teams that lost on Saturday <clears> – <throat> Uh, considering the rest of the results on Sunday, yeah, those were effectively playoff games. Like the Vikings having lost, that's huge. The yeah. Steelers loss effectively eliminates them. The Broncos lost puts them in deep, deep trouble. Like I think, and honestly, like those results felt right, like correct, right? There wasn't yeah. anything fluky about the way that things transpired there. Like <clears throat> the better teams won. And I think we are better off if the Vikings and Steelers and Broncos, um, you know, position for 2024. Because I don't really want to see any of those teams in the playoffs, if we're being honest. Not with Nick Mullins. I think Nick Mullins is like 0.18 positive EPA per play. And that's the most fraudulent uh, stat I've seen. Because he was, (laughs) to me, he was absolutely horrific oh and that was no that was that, was that was yeah that was not that was not good by him yeah <laughs> i will go to my grave thinking that the vikings had they stuck with josh dobbs they would have had a real chance to win this division down the stretch with because he never got he never got a full half with justin jefferson who just changes so much about the offense i think sure. mullen is just is just dreadful and he cost them that game with those two yep. red zone Yep. picks uh and even the touchdown that he threw to jordan anderson was a kind of a ridiculous play but yep no i agree i think the three <laughs> correct teams won jay uh, you cat you you conveniently left off the fact that he threw a pick six that got wiped off the board 
That's true. Yes. Um, I, I do recall that one. Uh, as someone who uh, needed the Vikings longer term and needed Bengals on the day, I was kind of conflicted by that that whole game. But uh, that was kind of a good summation of the Nick Mullins experience, just very, uh, very conflicting yeah. uh, all around. Last thing I wanted to say, and then we can move on, is that um, I just sort of think it's funny that so TJ Watt got two sacks uh, on Saturday against the Colts. And if so, Mr. Trubisky has nothing to do with TJ Watt and how he plays defense and the level that he plays. If Mitch Trubisky the past two weeks had been uh, a five out of 10, TJ Watt is your runaway defensive player of the year favorite. And because yeah. Mr. Trubisky was dreadful at zero out of 10, TJ Watt feels like he's drawing dead for that award yeah. versus being a runaway favorite yeah. because of the vibes about the team which are largely just conjured up by the quarterback being yeah. terrible. Um, well, that and the coach I making think just horrific. Win, just, yeah, the, the quarterback being terrible and the coach being, uh, you know. Yes. Uh, uh, you know. He's, uh, he is, seems to have uh, lost a step. But anyway, I don't think TJ Watt should win Defensive Player of the Year anyway, but by the market and by the masses, he would have been your runaway favorite um, had they won these past two games. And instead, it feels like that team has... I, they feel like the most in terms of vibes at the moment. They feel like uh, number thirty-two in the NFL. Well, yeah. They are the most poisonous team yeah, in absolutely. the league now. The Carolina got, got today. Yeah, they got beat by the they got beat by the Patriots. They got beat by the Cardinals. Yeah, they got beat by the Cardinals and Patriots, and now the Colts. This, yeah, the Steelers are. Um, if they're not. Mentally 32nd, they should be pretty dang close. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I mean, qu- the qu- quarterback quarterback efficiency aside, like, they're beatable. They're beatable in a number of ways. And um, honestly, them getting to 13 points was flattering. It took a freaking blocked punt for them to get to 13, Jay. Yep. It's not good. It's not no, good enough. I, Definitely not good enough on the road. Colts dropped a, a wide open hundredth percentile easy yeah. pass on yeah. fourth and one with the goal, and they st- and had a block punt for a touchdown effectively, yep. and they still won thirty to thirteen. Yeah, like if those two plays go differently, it's yeah. thirty. Well, I guess they scored the touchdown pretty immediately after, but that could have been that could have been a lot yeah. worse. Uh, anyway, yeah. I want to get to the Colts straight away after this, but first unwrap an early Christmas present. Drew, this Saturday <laughs> with an NFL doubleheader. Yeah. PM Eastern as we take you up to kickoff uh, in Pittsburgh between the Bengals and Steelers on NBC and Peacock. Then at 7.30, it's a Peacock exclusive matchup as Josh Allen and the Bills look to stay in the postseason mix when they travel to Los Angeles to face the Chargers, who do not have a designated player for me to read out in this promo, uh, which shows you where <laughs> they are at at the moment. But uh, the non-distinct LA Chargers will take on Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, One would imagine that uh, Zion uh, plays in that game. Who knows, though? Yeah, 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 we'll see. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Week 16 opener. So the one that immediately leapt out to me is uh, the Colts can't be dogs at Atlanta um, after what the Falcons have showed, I mean, really all season, uh, particularly recently, though. And I understand that you know, it's it's the Colts, but the Colts have shown that they can reach a serviceable level on offense and defense. Michael Pittman, I'm going to guess that he plays, given that walked off the field on his own power, always a good thing, said after the game that he felt fine, uh, and they have an extra day break. Uh, and also the season's on yeah. the line. Uh, yep. So, And it looks like Jonathan Taylor will be back as well for that one. So uh, I would think the Colts should be favored here, Drew. Yeah, the Colts are for real. They can go on the road, uh, especially in a dome. I'm not yeah. worried about them at all in that spot. Colts to the right side. Uh, that is trending to two, two and a half Colts. Uh, and I would, right. say that, okay. I would say that. I would say, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. you know what it means. Like, you know what that means, though? Like, until it gets to three, that's still about the same bet, which is that the Colts are going to be competitive in this game. And I don't, I'm not stopping anyone from saying that. I mean, Shane Steichen still is a very good coach. He is he is legitimately elevating a roster that has zero business in the mix for a playoff spot. Uh, and I am perfectly fine going to war with someone like Steichen against uh, someone like Art Smith, who <laughs> managed seven points today against a, uh, a, pr- a pretty healthy um, Panthers team. And like I have mixed thoughts because I had a Panthers bet today. Actually, uh the only side I won all day so far until we get the result here on Baltimore was Panthers. So this could that could be that could be the one kind of sweet breaker for me. So it's it's, it's tricky, but um, yeah, ultimately, like uh, the Panthers didn't deserve to win that game. They scored nine points. They they had <laughs> they had no touchdowns. Uh, that's not good. Uh, and honestly, like yeah, the weather was a factor. All of those sort of things, but. Um, yeah, uh, Indianapolis is a class above Atlanta. I don't think it's a three-point game. And, uh, yeah, if you can get under a three, I think that's a fair play. Uh, the rest of there's a lot of other games that, like, really kind of raise my eyebrows um, <clears throat> and are fun to talk about. Saturday's game between Cincy and Pittsburgh is a fun one to talk about because, sure. as you kind of brought up, Pittsburgh's probably third. They like people are maybe blinded by the idea that they won seven games this year. So, well, how could you make them the 32nd best team if they won seven games this year? Well, they should be in that mix. Like they're, they are at the basement right now in terms of how to rate a team. Uh, and I would expect that uh, Cincinnati probably moves to three Cincinnati and the Jake Browning experience. Like this week was a lot of backup quarterbacks turning into pumpkins. Yeah. Tommy DeVito, Zach Wilson. Uh, we could go on and on. Like, there were a lot of guys who did not belong out there and they Mitch showed Kribisky. it. Mitch Krabisky. There was a lot of guys that did not belong out there and they showed it. Right. Jake Browning was not one of those guys. Jake he Browning won. has, he's he wasn't legit. great, but he did enough at the end. I mean, he had, what did he have? Three points and three quarters, effectively, uh, against the Vikings defense that is very, very good. But 
shouldn't be holding it at three points and three quarters. But I mean, yeah, down the end, he, he marched them down with three touchdowns consecutively. T. Higgins' play was a little, little fluky, um, but it's not like it should have been a pick or anything. And that's a, I think that's a chance you take in that situation. So I thought he was fine. I just, I don't think, I thought there was scope that. Maybe Jake Browning is just the tenth best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that that is really viable after the the four game sample that we have now. Um, but I do think it's viable that he's significantly better than whoever uh, Pittsburgh put out at quarterback. In fact, it's yeah. very likely Mason Rudolph, probably right. Well, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Trubisky was was very bad in the Colts game. I thought he was better, honestly, by like significantly better than he was in the Patriots game. Yeah, but he was still he was still terrible. We could spend the entire pod talking about Tomlin's panic at the end of the uh, Colts game, which was just embarrassing, honestly. Um, and him seeing Trubisky throw the pick and then being like, "All right, Mason, you're up. Go get him, buddy." And like, and Mason Rudolph running out and being like, "Okay, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm comfortable throwing the the two yard dump off, the two yard dump off. How about the two yard dump off?" Like he was literally only looking for one play uh, as he was out there, which meant he was not prepared to be out there. He was not ready to go. Um, I don't know that uh, a week of preparation changes that at all. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, the Cincinnati defense still has some teeth. So uh, yeah, I think they ultimately go to three. I don't mind them at two and a half on the road even. Um, and yeah, I think, um, as I look down the rest of the, uh, the slate, the game that I'm most interested to try to handicap is what happens with Detroit heading to Minnesota, because this game matters a lot, right? Like this was a big weekend for for Detroit, like Minnesota lost green Bay lost Detroit won. like it's pretty much over. Like it's going to be very, very, very hard right now for Detroit to let this slip through their fingers. Uh, and if they come out and they play a focused, uh, how you know, really like just a focused game of football against Minnesota, who's reeling, uh, you probably are in position to lock up three seed, maybe even steal a two seed, which is interesting to kind of contemplate. Um, but uh, yeah, Detroit right now is like kind of intriguing watching that market uh, as Minnesota is three point dogs at home. Um, and uh, the rest of the slate is kind of only really circle Houston at two and a half at home against Cleveland because there is a potential that CJ Stroud comes back. And honestly, Case Keenum was horrible today. Yeah. uh, But he won. (laughs) And people, I I don't really know what to make of that. Was that an indictment of Tennessee or was that just that the pieces around on Houston all really care and they try hard. They're going to play a full 60 or into overtime (laughs) to the end of overtime even. Uh, But uh, like it was, that was the kind of setup where Houston loses by margin and they fought hard and they took overtime and they won. And now if you inject CJ Stroud into that type of environment, then um, uh, I could see them, uh, you know, getting a, a pretty comfortable win. So interested to see what's going on with uh, that market because Cleveland's defense on the road not as good. Cleveland's defense also was, uh, you know, they, they were a little beat at times today against the Bears. And um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what the health of anyone on Cleveland is, particularly on that offense, as they have now lost. Uh, Pochich didn't play; he was their starting center. Petonio went out in the game. Like this is uh, this is the most significant cluster injury on the offensive line I can ever remember, honestly. 
What about on the defense? They lose, lose lost half sure. their defense as well. Sure, um, sure. Particularly with Delpit going down, Thornhill missed today. Denzel Ward finally came back, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Both of those teams are really banged up. Like, is, is I assume Stroud is coming back, but is is anyone coming with him? Is Nico Collins coming back? Is Will know. Anderson coming back? Is Blake Cashman's hamstring going to be the three week thing? Like, they are missing a ton of players as well, and I do worry that I I think it's a pretty big red flag exactly how bad that offense looked against the Jets and how bad they looked previously against other strong defenses and strong pass defenses, like how they played against uh, Denver a couple of weeks ago where they really struggled, how they played against... They had to pick Russell Wilson's three times to beat Denver at home by five. Like, that's not yeah. that's not good. And they were way healthier in that game. So I think... A little, little out on the Texans. We'll see. Uh, and they should be favoring this game because Joe Flacco is on the other side with no offensive line. But uh, I'm a little bit worried about how the offense will perform. A uh, couple quick ones. One, uh, as I'm looking at it now, Dallas-Miami is still pick some spots. I think the Dolphins should be favored in that game. And it's not just because Dallas looked terrible today. It's just that the Dolphins are going to get a lot healthier I think over the next seven days, expect that Tyreek will be back, Javon Holland, Deshaun Elliott, both of their safeties will be back. Uh, Robert Hunt as well, uh, I think, is a chance to come back and just give them a little bit more on the offensive line. Uh, so I think that they should be favored there. And then Detroit, Minnesota, that's interesting. When the Vikings were up by two scores late and it seemed like they were just going to cruise to a double-digit victory uh and this was before obviously detroit had beaten denver i was thinking about the game i was talking with a friend about what the line would be there uh and i was thinking pick or detroit minus one and then the vikings completely implode and detroit win 42 17 and uh voila uh detroit are minus three and i think that is probably fair and may even go to three and a half if anything uh any other game to touch on yeah one big one jets are favored by three yeah, just looking at that. No respect for Aaron Rodgers these days, Drew. <laughs> well, that's what I'm asking. He's not going to play. Right? He's not going to play. He was never going to play. He what wasn't. Is, they say he's, like, he's going to be okay, for okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I, like, we have to go from analyst for a hot second to just, like, opinion on this. Right? Yeah. Like my opinion is he was never gonna play. My opinion is he was never gonna play, also. But yeah. like he's gonna get cleared this week. There's gonna be a hullabaloo. Like ultimately, this is Trevor Simeon, right? I uh, I'm not sure. No, but I Trevor Simeon Trevor Simeon is laying three. Yeah. That no, can't be right. No, that can't be right. The Jets can't be favored over anyone if they have uh well Tim Boyle's gone now, but if they have Trevor Simeon or Tim Boyle <laughs> or whoever the next uh cardboard cutout of Tim Boyle is. Uh, Brett Rippon, right? Brett Rippon's on the team now. So Brett Rippon's on the team now. Like those guys, they can't be favored. And as good as the Jets' defense is, um, the offense, it's just not viable. It's not a professional <laughs> offense at this point. But Jacoby Brissett uh, finished the game for the Commanders. Look great. Yeah, he looks really, great. Yeah, he's a problem. <laughs> I'm starts, worried about him for our Niners in two weeks. Dude, I don't want to see if, Jacoby. No, if he starts this game, isn't it? Isn't it Commanders minus three on the road? <sighs> Yeah, against I, yeah. against I probably Trevor Simeon, Brissett, Jacoby Brissett starts against Trevor Simeon, two yeah. and a half to three point favorite on the road in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, maybe one. I don't know. I, <laughs> the Jets' defense is still really good, notwithstanding what happened today. But uh, and so going up against the Commanders and their lines, both of those lines, um, the Commanders aren't very good. But I agree. If it's if we're getting like a, a not real quarterback, uh, I would think the Commanders have to be favored in that game. Just lastly on Rogers. There is always a smoking gun in all of these reports. And when the the, article, the Schefter article came about about how he's been medically cle- he's going to be medically cleared, same article said that he hasn't yet had to practice avoiding pass rushes or moving around the pocket. It's like, how's the guy going to play an NFL game in seven days? It's completely meaningless. Even if they won today, they weren't going to make the playoffs. They were an eleven percent chance to make the playoffs if they won out. It was never going to happen. Everyone knows these games were meaningless. He was never going to play uh, unless the, just the, the ego is such that he needed to prove it to himself to get back out there and the team was going to let its uh, franchise quarterback for next season potentially end his career out there for no reason whatsoever. I guess maybe that could have happened, but I don't know. I have to imagine it's, it's completely Jets are officially now. eliminated. Yes, so now it's completely done. So um, we shouldn't have to uh, concern ourselves with the A Rod until uh, until twenty twenty four. Anyway, oh, let's get to right. Chris. You know, Jay, it's a Christmas miracle. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, no, we don't have to talk about Aaron oh. Rodgers for Christmas. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, I abandoned, I abandoned my uh, <laughs> lifelong Jets fandom of a couple of months after um, the team signed Aaron Rodgers. I just can't do it. I just can't deal yeah. with. Can't deal with that. Isaiah right, likely any time touchdown is good. There you go. All right. This holiday season, get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive Roto World draft guide bundle featuring expert analytics, play insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of the draft guide bundles for one low price. Go to nbcsports.com slash holiday bundle and use code holiday23 at checkout to receive 25% off and a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, Eagles minus three at Seattle. Total is 45 flat as we are recording. Now it's difficult to speak about this game because we don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to go. Don't know if Geno Smith is going to go either. Uh, But my main thought about this game, Drew, and it kind of surfaced during both of the recent Trubisky starts, is when there is uncertainty at quarterback with a backup who we don't know if he's just completely cooked or not, the live market never reacts quickly enough. When Easton Stick, the two series in, it was very clear that Easton Stick was he was way over his head and that game, yeah. he wasn't going to be able to do it barring some dramatic change in output. 
And the live line was still just running off what the pregame spread was telling it to run off. And I don't know. It's a, it's it's difficult to just say after seeing two series that the line should be two points different uh, off of what it closed at if you were to redo it again. But I think that those are the times to take those types of shots against the market because the market isn't willing to just abandon its prior. And I think with Marcus Mariota, like there is a chance based on what he looked like in preseason there is a chance that he is just completely shot. Uh, and that would be the way that I'd be betting this game. It's just watching the first two series and seeing what Mariota looks like and if he's viable and if not betting the Seattle alternate spreads. Yeah, I kind of want Seattle pre-flop. <laughs> this is, sure. This is, honestly, man, like we're at week, at fi- we're at week 15. Um, <clears throat> it's the holiday season. We don't need to put th- people through mental anguish. Um, <clears throat> This is a game being quarterbacked by question mark versus question mark, uh, which is to say that if you're betting into this market, you are literally gambling uh, on who the available quarterbacks will be. If Geno Smith ultimately is surprise scratch and Jalen Hurts is a surprise feels better, uh, then you are absolutely cooked betting the Seahawks. And I think you are looking at this game in this market as Seahawks or pass. Um, the idea that if Mariota's out there for the Eagles, that they should be three-point favorites on the road is absolutely insane to me. Truly insane. This Eagles defense is a f- absolute uh, shell of what they were at their best, uh, and the offense right now has some injury issues combined with uh, you know only two now kind of meaningful playmakers in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Um, and if this is at full strength, then yeah, like three, three and a half for the Eagles, completely fair. And I'm just stay away. But uh, if you're going to give me a big old price on Seahawks in this game, I'm going to really sincerely think about it. Um, I don't really understand this uh, other than somebody has an expectation that Hurts ultimately goes. Because if this is Mariota versus Geno Smith or Drew Locke uh, laying three on the road, um, yeah, I, I can't square that number. Even I can't even come close, honestly. No, I mean it should be it should be flipped the other way. I would think. Yeah. Uh, and also, the thing with Drew Locke is that, like, Drew Locke's not good, but Drew Locke's an above-average backup quarterback. I would say, like, I'm very confident. Well, confident that Drew Locke isn't going to just be a complete pumpkin out there against the Eagles' dreadful pass defense. That, by the way, is dreadful. And now's lost Darius Slay, who's their best cornerback, and now they've got just they've got nothing. At corner, also Zach Cunningham. You see what what the Eagles' defense looked like without Zach Cunningham against the 49ers? Like, there's nothing oh there. Uh, so I think they're just drawing dead against the pass. I don't think Matt Patricia is going to fix it uh, in three days or whatever. So yeah, I would expect that if Mariota goes, that this line is completely flipped the other way. I would also expect that Jalen Hurts is probably going to play though. Um, it was just based on the reporting, based on what the market uh, is saying, and then I think it's probably going to be Hertz against Locke. Uh, and I would say that Hertz is is more likely to play than Gino. Again, that's just speculating, but that seems to be what the market thinks too. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> I guess if there's last-minute news that Hertz is a go and that Gino is a go, then this is probably a total that's a, a hair too low. Uh, and uh, in that world, I'm playing it over. But uh, this has crashed all the way to 45, uh, not because of weather, but because of quarterback uncertainty. 
and I agree with that. Uh, I think it should be 47 if this is Gino V. Hertz. Yep, yep, and that uh, that makes sense to me. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Also, a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you tomorrow. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.